0: This one goes out to the conscious entrepreneurs here to make a difference in a big way. Welcome to the Heart, Soul, and Guts podcast. You've got the vision. You've heard the call. The world needs what you have to give, and you're ready to show up. Exactly how that's going to happen, that part's not so clear. Dreaming it and living it, two very different things. Deep breath, sister. You're in the right place. Amy Biandini is crazy about people and about business, and she's here to help you. It's time to get out of stuck and into action aligned with your soul. Are you ready? Here's Amy.
1: Kristen Deckers is a guide for the spiritually bankrupt who want to unearth their authentic selves so they can fully enjoy a life of liberation and lightheartedness. Kristen, hello. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Why don't we dive right in and give me the highlights on your life? What are the cliff notes?
2: (laughs) The cliff notes. I am a personal development coach, Mm -hmm. and I arrived at this place in my life through many years of being a feng shui consultant and aromatherapist. I had a deep desire to work deeper with my clients, with their environment and their health to bring balance and happiness and joy into their lives. And this is a choice for me that I made for myself after years of working in corporate America and then becoming a mother and having everything shift for me. That's how I kind of started my path on this, on my own personal growth journey Mm -hmm. and just fell in love with the process so much that now I'm really desiring to help other people as they kind of awaken themselves. Beautiful. So Mm. tell me more about your shift. Oh, for years and years, I worked in a very kind of masculine format. I was a striver, very ambitious. I graduated from college and Wanted to build my career, start climbing that ladder and moved away from home and didn't know anybody in this new city, didn't have a job and just jumped in with both feet and was seeing the expression of success as a lot of people recognize it. You know, I had the titles, I had the money and all of that. And then I had my first child. And as soon as I became pregnant with her, that's where the shift started to begin I always thought I was going to have all boys just because that's kind of the mode that I worked in. But my first child was a daughter and she just awakened this divine feminine energy that was within me. And when she came to the world, I just couldn't fathom leaving her to go back to this very rigid, very stressful and very wasteful environment. That's the way I really perceived it, like the waste that was happening as far as corporate spending and time and all of that, it just was not in alignment with me anymore. So that's when I had been practicing feng shui just for fun with myself and with my friends. Okay. And that's when I trained to be a feng shui consultant. That was about well, almost 14 years ago. And that practice just opened up a whole new world to me, something I had never been introduced to before. A completely new way of thinking and living and approaching life and I just from then on I just couldn't get enough of energy the energy that flows around us the energy that flows within us and I just became a student and I think I will forever be a student
1: <laughs> yeah I think that's true there's always more to learn for all of us Mm, yes So when you shifted out from kind of a masculine corporate into beautiful divine feminine space, and I love that, that your daughter awakens the divine feminine within you. That is so beautiful. So did you go into kind of Feng Shui as a business? Kind of what happened in terms of that (laughs) kind of things?
2: Well, that was my intention at the time. She was not quite a year old when I started my training. And over the course of my training, I found out I was pregnant with my second child. So he was born... 18 months after she was born. And then 18 months later, I had a third baby. Okay. Busy. So, <laughs> yeah. At that point in time, I was really 100% mom with three babies under three and carrying them through those preschool years and all of that. Always practicing feng shui and continuing to work with my own space, you know, shifting my own environment to support The goals that I had Mm -hmm. and just really living it. But as far as a business, that wasn't something that I really could dedicate my time and energy to at the time until they got a little bit older. So, yeah. So when my youngest, oh, she was probably in first grade, maybe that's when I started really going out and I started networking and really sharing more information about feng shui. And, And that's what I learned in the community that I live. This is a new, concept. Okay. Yeah. People were not familiar with feng shui. The discussion of energy and working with energy was not a discussion people were accustomed to having. Mm. So I decided that my best approach would be to educate. Mm -hmm. So I started doing a lot of workshops and public talks, and I did like private parties in people's homes just to kind of help people understand the power that they have just through being mindful about what they surround themselves with. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I started to, when I worked with those people, and especially when I workshopped with them, you know, a lot of people are looking for a quick fix these days. They okay. Yeah. And there aren't really any quick fixes. You know, you can't like move all your furniture around and expect your life to change. Now shifts will happen. You will definitely feel different. Things will flow more smoothly and inspiration will come to you, but you have to take action. And that's where I started to really feel like, okay, I want to work with these people more than just... Trying to give them this quick fix, a way of you know arranging their home to make change in their lives. They need to make change. Mm-hmm. Is that you transitioned
1: into kind of the coaching element?
2: Yeah, that took me a few years to get to there. But yes, the life coach training just kind of popped up in my radar almost out of nowhere, and it was an immediate. It is something that I never really considered doing before mm-hmm. because again, life coaching wasn't something that people really talked about but it's something that I'd heard about through all of my own personal work. And the opportunity came up to train, to be a life coach. It was like such great alignment. It's like the angels were singing. It was such an easy decision for me. And I said, yes, that is exactly what I'm meant to offer people. And I can use my feng shui background to kind of anchor the work that I'm doing with people, show them how to work, with their outer energy as well as their inner energy. And it's the same with the aromatherapy, you know, to use your sense of smell and to use these beautiful gifts from nature to help bring balance to your body as you consciously make changes in the direction you want to go.
1: Okay. So I'm trying to work out how, on a more practical level, how you bring feng shui into coaching. Well, I don't know a lot about feng shui.
2: Okay. So in feng shui, there's a tool called the Bagua map. And what this map shows us is different areas in our home that relate to different life areas. Okay. For example, there's an area in your your home that vibrates on the same frequency as love and relationships. And there's an area in your home that resonates with your health, and with your prosperity and with your career and so on. So I've developed a structure that I use in my coaching mm-hmm. that enables us to look at all the areas of your life because we all know everything's connected. Mm-hmm, indeed. So we look at the different areas of your life, find out where you want to see improvements and enhancements, where you want to up level We look at a strategy to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And then I do a lot of mindset work with my clients. What's keeping you from doing that? What are the beliefs that you have that are holding you back? What are the stories you tell yourself that we can reframe? Things like that. And then I guide them in finding the place in their home that's going to support this inner work that they're doing. So for example, if they're really working on their health and their wellness, That area within the home is supported by the element of wood. So I might encourage them to always have fresh flowers in that area of their house as they do this work. And what that does is it enables them, as they're moving about their space, You know, this kind of home that holds them as they live their lives, when they see those flowers, they're reminded of their intention, their intention to focus on their health, their intention to cleanse themselves of the negative self-talk or of the self-sabotaging behaviors that they do that are keeping them from reaching their goals. And that environmentally lifts the energy of that space as well. Which has, I mean, we. I'm sure you can think of places that you've been that you feel invigorated Mm -hmm. and you want to stay there longer. You always want to go back because it's such a very pleasing place to be. And in turn, the opposite is true as well. Places we go where we can't wait to get out of there because the energy is so heavy, stagnant, and it just makes us feel lethargic or just icky in some way. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we have an environment that supports all the inner work that we're doing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a beautiful way, especially I look at it as a beautiful way to infuse creativity as well, which is something I think we really need in this world right now is more permission to just play and be creative So it's a fun way to incorporate that spirit into sometimes this really deep work that we do.
1: Absolutely. And it sounds like it's something that you really love to do. I do. (laughs) I'm always tweaking. (laughs) Tweaking is good. So when did you find out, when did you realize that it was something that you loved, but also that it was something that would be financially viable?
2: Mm. That was through my training. I dedicated a year to my life coach training. And through that, I not only learned the tools and techniques to help people make really impactful shifts in their lives, but I also learned about the business aspect of it. And I was recently, uh, I think it was an Elizabeth Gilbert quote or something or a discussion she had where she was talking about the difference between hobbies and vocations and jobs and careers. And I was ready. My kids are now, I've got two teenagers and an 11-year-old. You know, they've got lives of their own now. They need me in a much different way than they used to need me, and I now have created that space in my life where I'm ready to shift or I have, you know, I have been ready to shift out of hobby mode and to turn this into a business so that My kids can see me build this new career for myself based on something that I love. And I can, you know, help to create the lifestyle that my husband and I want. You know, for these last handful of years that we have the kids at home and then as they go off to college and beyond. So that's been a whole other area of learning for me as well. The business aspect, even though I used to work in marketing, it's a whole
1: different story when you're marketing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it, is. Yeah. it definitely is. How do you manage that aspect of marketing yourself? I really
2: keep a focus on the results.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I so deeply believe that working with a life coach is the most impactful way to make lasting change in your life. There's no other relationship that we have where the other person is completely dedicated to your success. However you define success, they hold you accountable they celebrate with you, they lift you up, and they shine a light in the dark corners that you can't see for yourself. It's just such an exquisite and relationship, and that's nothing that I really understood completely until I had my own life coach. So the results, the change that you can realize and what you can create for your own life, that's what I market. I am just the guide. I am the vehicle to help you get there. Like it is not something that I do for you. It's something that I guide you in doing for yourself. That just so that just lights me up. That feels so in alignment and I'm honored to play that role in people's lives and so that makes it easy for me to go out and market it. So how do you go out and market it? Because it's a busy and noisy world out there. Right? the best way that I know how to do it is to just be authentic myself. And the people who resonate with what I have to say will resonate with me. When I was pregnant the first time, that's when I really started writing. And that's what I use now. I have kept a blog for years before I ever got in business for myself. And I always would get feedback that what I said was really inspirational to people. And that's kind of my business name for as long as I've had a business is Inspired Living. I totally love to inspire and I love to be inspired. It's one of my favorite energetic feelings. So I write my blog. I network locally with different groups. I do public speaking events. I still hold workshops and sister circles and things like that, to give people different opportunities to be introduced to this kind of work and to help them to dig a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And I stay connected to the people that I am in contact with and offer support. That's really what I'm called to do.
1: Beautiful. I love that that theme of authentic inspiration runs through everything. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah,
2: that's the only way. Like I'm over, you know, the years. I've just really embodied this notion of being whole and not showing people only pieces of myself, but letting my genuine essence shine through in all that I do, from my parenting to my friendships to, you know, the way I show up in my community as a neighbor to the way I show up for my clients as a leader. And a coach. So, and that just, that's what feels best in my system. And that's what I'm about doing now is doing what feels good for me. If it doesn't feel good, then I'm off
1: the mark somewhere. So much advice around, I think particularly for coaches, you know, it's just a push, push, push. And it doesn't resonate with us. It doesn't feel good in our systems.
2: Yeah, I've been really sensitive to that lately on social media to the point where, I'm starting to, I liken it to in feng shui, clutter in our homes can make energy stagnant and it can create blocks for the flow that we really desire to have. And that's kind of what I'm starting to see in this social media world is clutter. And I'm like, oh, it is time to clear that out. it's impeding my flow. There is this kind of competition. And whether it's innate, whether it's out there, and that's the intention of the people posting these things, or whether it's something that I create within myself, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. If it's within myself, then it's causing blocks for me. So it's time to clear it out. So every once in a while, I'll just kind of purge my contacts and I'll filter all the information that comes to me through the different venues of social media. And then I'll be very selective about what I bring back in. I love that.
1: Really taking care of your space.
2: Yeah. I mean, our outer space, our inner space, our
1: virtual space. (laughs) Again, it's all connected. So you've spoken a lot about energy and how different energies kind of play into our lives. If someone's kind of quite new to this concept, how do you kind of introduce them to how important energy is?
2: I try to give them examples similar to the one I gave you earlier about the spaces that we go into that make mm-hmm. us feel drained and the ones that make us feel enlivened. Mm-hmm. And I explain to them that that's the concept of energy. We're all energy. If we break it down to the smallest minutiae, we're all, you know, little vibrating electrons and neutrons and all of that with middle school kids, I should know (laughs) the (laughs) exact terminology of the science. But when I get too brainy about it, when I get too in my head, that's when I say, okay, not necessary time to drop back down again and just feel and nature is one of my most it's one of my favorite things my most grounding things to do is to go out in nature for me there's no way to not understand the nature of the universe or the energy of the universe than better than going out into nature the natural cycles that happen the birth and death cycle that happens with the seasons, the moons that cycle every month, gosh, even just the sun that rises every day. There is an energy, a power that is working for us and within us and around us and our world as human, the very nature of being human is to experience blocks in that natural flow of universal energy. You know, in traditional Chinese medicine, it's called chi. That's what we work with in feng shui. But if you're a yoga practitioner, you know it as rana. It's got lots of different names. I also just like to think of it as universal love
1: mm-hmm.
2: and to jump into the flow of it and to acknowledge that there is this energy working again within us and around us and through us and that we have the power to harness it and directed in the way we want to go through our thoughts, through our actions, through our words, is really powerful. And I think that it gives people a sense of ownership in their own lives. In what sense? They feel like they have the power to create something, that they're not victims of what's going on around them. I think a lot of people want to feel in control. Being in control is not what I help people To do because I don't believe that's truly possible but I help them to surrender and know that they always have choice. Surrender can be very hard. It absolutely can but I coach people to do it one choice at a time even if it's the choice of how you're going to respond to a certain situation. The thoughts that you choose to have when you first wake up in the morning the choice to move your body and shift your own personal energy as opposed to crawling back into bed and pulling the covers over your head. You know,
1: making that choice is the first step in surrender. And it is. Mm. So it sounds like mindset is a big part of what you do as well. How do you, I guess, manage your mindset? Mm. I start every morning
2: with a morning ritual where I have a poem that I wrote that I read every morning that connects me to my purpose, what I call my big why, Mm -hmm. why I'm here, why I'm doing this work, and why I want to show up in the world as an individual the way that I do. So I read that, I have a short meditation, I journal for five minutes. It's a pretty simple practice, but it's very grounding and It helps my mind and my body and my spirit approach the day with true intention. I talk about intention all the time. It's so big for me. I mean, I talk about it with my kids all the time. You know, what's your intention here? When my mind and my thoughts start to go in a way that isn't serving my highest self or my goals, I bring myself back to that. What's my intention? And that's a good mindset shift for me. Okay. It's very easy. There's so much noise and so much busyness and so many pulls on us today that it is. It's very challenging to kind of keep your head in the game. (laughs) There's so much going on. Yeah, there's a lot of noise out there, but we can choose not to listen. I'm not saying that's easy. (laughs) I'm not, but it's a choice. It really is. It's a choice. You know, one thing I also tell my kids and and I coach other parents with is you can't control other people Mm -hmm. or their behaviors, but you can control your environment to a degree. So it's kind of like the social media noise I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. That's something that I can control. I can choose to remove some of that noise for myself. And once you do that, again, similar to the clearing the clutter in feng shui, it creates space. Mm-hmm. And when you can create space, you create freedom in your system. And that's when you hear all the little whispers of the divine. That's when your creativity is able to kind of stir and dance around. That's when your ideas and your inspiration comes to you. And that's when you can start to process like, We don't ever in this, in our society now, we don't take enough time to just be still and create that space. It's like one of the first things I coach people to do. Most of my clients, I mean, most everybody is busy, right? They're just so busy. Their time is limited. But I said, you know what? As you're driving around town and you hit a stoplight, I challenge you not to look at your phone. Don't check your email or social media. Of course, in most places, I think now that's actually illegal. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the system is working to support that goal. But, you know, even in between appointments, you know, oh, I have 15 minutes before I have to be to the next place. How can I fill up that time? What can I get done? How can I keep myself busy and quote unquote productive? Maybe it's actually going to be most productive and most serving to you to just be still You know, can you look at nature, look at the trees swaying in the wind, or look at the clouds passing by, you know, go play with your animals. Animals are just wonderful energy carriers. I have a dog and two cats and the dog is playful. And like, I can take a few minutes and play with her and it lifts my energy and gets me laughing and moving. And my cats, on the other hand, when I'm being quiet and still, they'll come and crawl on my lap and I'll pet them and stroke them. And that's very calming to my nervous system. So, you know, everybody has different things that create that space for them, or it can shift their energy in a meaningful way. And I like to help people find uniquely what's for them.
1: Sounds like a big theme when I do that as well. It's around
2: self-care.
1: Yeah. Self-care is something that I really,
2: really had to teach myself after you know, years of being in the trenches with little ones. Mm, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Caring for babies and young children doesn't really allow for a lot of self-care in the terms that we might think. A lot of people automatically think that means massage or a nice long bath or a weekend away. And that can always happens. So, again, like you have to know where you are. And you start with baby steps. And that's what I believe. What are the little things that you can do that are acts of self-care? Is it putting on real clothes instead of workout clothes or yoga pants? And accessorizing and putting on a little makeup, is that an act of self-care? Just this morning, I arranged a bunch of flowers and scattered them. I've got a couple bunches here in my studio and then a couple around my house. Having fresh flowers around is such a beautiful treat and act of self-care for me. Drinking lots of water is self-care. I mean, we can talk about the littlest things. Taking a break every
1: hour to step outside and breathe the fresh air. That's self-care. Absolutely. So do you think that self-care and success in business are related?
2: For me, it is. My definition of success, it absolutely is. If I am so focused on my business that I neglect myself, then that doesn't serve me or my business. So self-care is one of the things that I look at every weekend when I look at my week ahead I look at my calendar and the commitments I've made and I make the commitment to self-care. I start with exercise. That's one of the first things that goes in my planner. Mm -hmm. You know, a mixture for me, that's a mixture of some cardio and weight training and yoga throughout the week. I also, every week, at least once, I want to go walk in nature, whether it's, you know, a hike in the woods or just a stroll around my neighborhood with my dog, noticing my physical environment. I am very mindful about the amount of sleep that I get, again, about the amount of water that I drink, just to keep my body in, in balance as best I can and nurture this physical form that I've been given so that my light can really shine as bright as it needs to. And that's also something that definitely, I mean, can be challenging as well. Prioritizing ourselves, especially as women, is not always natural, but in order to be of best service and give to people in our lives, we have to take care of ourselves. And in business, I think that it shows when you're not taking care of yourself, you get burnout and then you can't function on the high level that you need to function in order to serve in the way we want to serve. It's essential. So
1: true. So I'm just wondering how, I was just intrigued to bring it back to kind of the feng shui element and then self-care and success. And I suppose in my head, I see very much feng shui as the physical space around you. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you can, there's a way to kind of weave it into the internal space as well. Mm. Yeah. There's an energy to each of these
2: areas in our home that pertains to different life energies. So Mm -hmm. I kind of call them a theme word with my clients. Mm -hmm. So for example, for career, the theme word and the energy that resonates with the career area is courage. So I challenge people to in your career and your life work, it takes courage to follow your own path to do the work that you feel like you're meant to do in the world. When I was growing up and went off to college, my parents told me that I was going to get a degree in business because, as my dad said, you can do anything with a business degree. (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't be an architect, which is what I really wanted to be at the time. But it took courage for me halfway through my college career to go to my advisor and say, This is not working for me. This is way too left brain linear. It's all math stuff, which I love, but I need some creativity. I need some more balance in this. And I found a different major. I got a degree in retail marketing, but there was lots of visual arts and display and lots of creative practices in that as well. And that took courage. And for me to be in a well-paying job with room for advancement, To say, this career is not what I want anymore, and I'm willing to let this go and create something from the ground up, that takes courage. And everybody has a different story with their life work. Even if it's standing up for causes you believe in, that takes courage. So I try to infuse that theme word as we look at the different areas in our homes and the goals that we have in these different areas. So wealth and prosperity, the wealth and prosperity area of our homes, the place that kind of governs our financial abundance Mm -hmm. and other forms of abundance. Prosperity comes in lots of different forms, Mm -hmm. but the theme for that area is gratitude, right? How beautiful is that? Mm. To first look at what do I have? What do I have to be grateful for? Notice all the abundance you already have in your life. When you can shift and work from a place of gratitude and appreciation and recognition of your abundance, you're opening yourself up to attract even more. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a way to, you know, in Wealth and Prosperity, you can put like purple is the power color there. You can put purple pillows and purple curtains in that room. And you can have a money tree and, you know, you can write yourself a check for a million dollars and hanging up on the wall, in your wealth and prosperity area. And those are all, you know, you're infusing that space with your energy and with your intention, but to really practice gratitude and really feel as if your life is already so abundant, that is really powerful.
1: Cause I think there's kind of this energy of striving mm. rather than just being grateful for what we already have. Mm. So I can imagine that's an incredibly powerful shift for people.
2: Yeah. And it's okay to want more and it's okay to like, to want money and it's okay to want stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of my big words for 2016 is luxury. I love it. You know, I mean, I think it's because my kids are getting older and bigger And like when we would travel before we would, we would be able to stay in hotel rooms that had two double beds. And, you know, my son would sleep on a pullout or something like that. And now they're just too dang big. (laughs) This is not enough space. We have like practically five adults here. And so I'm really calling in and welcoming the luxury of more space when we travel. And I told my husband when we were researching a recent trip, I was like, nope, that bed looks like it's crunchy. I'm not sleeping on a crunchy bed. I want <laughs> <a> nice sheets, <laughs> you know, oh, a cozy blanket. And it's okay to want that stuff. It really is. But yeah, that energy of striving, like know why you want it. You hmm not it, but how do you balance and what you want with being grateful for what you already have? It's a strong gratitude practice. I have such an abundant life. I have so much beauty and love in my life. You know, if this was it for me, I would be happy. But I have bigger things to do in the world. And one of the things that I really really desire to do is to do like volunteer vacations where I travel to different places in the world that I most likely haven't seen before and work with the people there that need help and volunteer in their communities and understand what their lives are like. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a pretty expensive thing to do. And it's also expensive in time. A lot of these trips are at least two weeks. Or more. And for now, the age of my kids, like that just doesn't make sense for me. But that is definitely something that I desire in my future. I'm abundantly grateful for the travel I get to do now. But part of the reason why one of my big whys, as I call them, is to build a business that can help support this desire. And I think that that is all entwined with the work that I do to go out and serve around the world and to see what humans in different cultures and different environments are faced with, I think is only going to add more depth and richness to the services that I provide to my clients. So I think it really, like all we really have is right now. Mm -hmm. So if we can't find things that we're Grateful for right now, then we're not going to be able to create even more in the future.
1: Beautiful. So, if you could go back to the Kristen who's just getting started in business, what advice would you give her? Oh, they're
2: going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) When I first started, I had the hardest time kind of making the choice that dedicating the time and energy and money. To train myself and build my business to understand that that wasn't taking away from my family. Okay. I think that's a natural thing. I've been a mother for 14 years, Mm -hmm. and the best interest of my kids is always top of mind, top of heart. But there isn't a conflict, it was about my choices and. What helped me to kind of get through that, and I wish I kind of really recognized this sooner, was that I'm setting an example to them through my actions, through all my actions. And I don't want my daughters to grow up feeling like martyrs, like they have to surrender or sacrifice themselves and their own passions for their families or for their husband or for their boss or, you know. Mhm For anyone, I want them to really see and really believe in their core that they can create the lives that they really want, and for my son, I mean i obviously I want the same for him, but I also want him to grow up to be a man that respects that in a woman. I think it's really challenging for women, of course that's the only perspective that I can speak from, but you know I want them to to witness me. Following my passion and committing to myself in this way, even if it means that I'm not available for every carpool or I'm making a choice to not go to a specific activity because I'm investing my time and money in my business instead, and to talk to them about why I make those choices and help them to understand that they can do the same. With their own lives, even now as young people, <laughs> you know, I they it. do. The pressures they feel are grand. They are huge. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel by giving myself, by doing this for myself, I'm showing them that it's okay for them to do it for themselves. I love that.
1: And I love that you can really see how you are setting an example for them. Mm. very powerful. Do you have a particular quote or mantra that you live by?
2: I always, always go back to the Marianne Williamson quote that our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. That one. Mm-hmm. I know it. Yeah. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. But who am I not to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who am I not to be? shine that light
1: (laughs) shine it right what have you found that's kind of been helpful in terms of resources along the journey i have a giant collection of books that i have (laughs) devoured
2: and highlighted and dog-eared reference back to i have a handful of favorites that i constantly go back to. And I just recently started listening to books on Audible. So as I drive around doing all my motherly duties, I'm (laughs) right now I'm listening to Danielle Laporte and you know, they're mostly business or personal development content that I listen to. Mm -hmm. Podcasts are a new thing for me, Mm -hmm. but I love them because they're quick little nuggets of inspiration. And I also, you know, for a while I got really overwhelmed with the amount of content that's available out there from the business perspective, from marketing to funnels to blogging to web design and, you know, SEO and social media and all that stuff. And now I try to, I'm still. Always brushing up on that stuff, but I try to do that in smaller doses because, again, I feel like I can really absorb the content more when I'm not clouding myself with lots of information. So I do like to find different webinars or online workshops that I can do, you know, every once a month or twice a month. Mm -hmm. So you said
1: you've got a handful of books that you keep going back to. Mm. Can you share some of those with us?
2: Yeah. Let me see. I love a book called Spiritual Literacy. It was recommended by my local librarian. I love the library. (laughs) And I just checked it out so many times I ended up buying my own copy. And for me, it's my book of inspiration when I'm needing general inspiration or an idea on something to blog about, or when I need to look something up on a certain topic. It's a book that takes poetry and different quotes and excerpts from different religions and spiritual realms, as well as some pop culture and things like that. But it breaks it up into nature and animals and creativity. And those are kind of the different chapters and it's different viewpoints on that from people of all different backgrounds, and I find it really inspiring and beautiful. There's also a book called The Mother Trip that I read when I was a young mom. And it was the first book that really gave me permission to be a flawed mother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the strive for perfection in this land of motherhood is palpable. So, you know, I am who I am. And this book gave me permission to just be freely myself as i mother. So that's definitely one of my favorites. And then I have my favorite feng shui books that I always go back to. I have my favorite aromatherapy book that I reference almost every other day. <laughs>
1: Any particular people who inspire you?
2: My kids inspire me. Right now, again, I'm back to Danielle Laporte again. She inspires me. Which okay. of the books are you reading? I'm listening to the Firestarter Sessions right okay. now. You know, I always want to hear what Marie Forleo has to say. And, oh gosh, who else do I love? I love Marianne Williamson. I love Tony Robbins. I love creative people, too. There's, you know, musicians and artists. I see a lot of live music. You know, I love Mm singer-songwriters, Brett Denon and Alan Stone, and I love Indie Irie and Sarah Barillis and um, all these beautiful lyricists that music really inspires me. It's infused in my day every single day.
1: Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So what's going on at the moment that you're most excited about? I am
2: most excited right now about... I joined a sisterhood mastermind in 2016, and it's my first time with this kind of experience that infuses the spirit of like-minded women coming together on a regular basis to dig deeper in our own soul work and at the same time support each other in the growth and development of our business. This is something that even just sisterhood in itself is relatively new to me the past few years. And to think that I'm going to have these beautiful divine souls to support and to have support me and to brainstorm and to create and enliven and dig deep with, I'm just so over the moon excited for this year in that piece of my journey. Wonderful. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Sisterhood is always good. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is. So now that everyone's got a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit more, how can they say hello and stay in touch with you? Mm, absolutely.
2: Well, my website is kristinzegers.com. I am on Facebook. My business Facebook page is and com. And I'm on Instagram and pretty much every other. <laughs> Instagram's my new favorite, but I'm—you can pretty much find me as Kristen Zegers in most of those places.
1: Beautiful, yeah. wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today, Kristen. It's been amazing to talk to you. Oh, thank you, Amy. I appreciate it so much.
0: Thanks for listening, gorgeous. Love what you heard? Leave a review on iTunes because that helps people find the show. Then get your sweet self over to heart, soul, and, and join the convo. And by the way, thanks for being you because the world needs more dreamers who get stuff done.